Welcome to my podcast, Patient First. I'm Dr. Naveen Samaya. I'm an Australian registered specialist plastic surgeon with 17 years of surgical experience. As the scientific convener of the Non-Surgical Symposium and a former president of the Australasian Society of Aesthetic Plastic Surgeons, my goal is to help patients navigate the complex world of both surgical and non-surgical aesthetics, but by understanding what is evidence and what is not. This, I hope, is going to help them realize their aesthetic goals safely and in a manner consistent with good clinical practice. This podcast is an extension of that legacy. My aim is to empower you to make the most educated decisions about your choices concerning your face and body aesthetics and your safety. Each episode, I will be bringing to you cutting-edge science and exploring surgical procedures in a modern, evidence-based approach to aesthetics. Plus, I will be inviting some esteemed guests in my podcast in the future to offer new perspectives. Tune in each week as together we explore the next frontier of surgical and non-surgical aesthetics. As a plastic surgeon, I encounter patients who are interested in having procedures to enhance their appearance and reverse their aging features that has accumulated over the years. Whether it is a modality that requires surgery, whether it is a treatment option that requires non-surgical interventions or skin care, it is all an integrated modality that patients do engage with. So it's very important for all of us to be aware of the important metabolic pathways that get deranged by choices of food, choices of lifestyle, or things that you do, things that you don't do. Uh, ignore your nutrition, ignore your health. And how does that link to plastic surgery is because no matter what you put into your mouth and your stomach shows up on your skin. So it is very important for us to look at skin health to complement plastic surgery. But if you take a level beyond that and go a bit deeper, what we're finding it, it is good for you to look at what you eat, how much you eat, the type of food you eat. Do you get a good response to certain foods and a dietary control and a nutritional uptake of an optimum diet? will also help your skin, which is very important from a plastic surgery point of view. Because no matter how good a facelift you perform or a rejectectomy or a facelift you perform, if the skin quality is not very good, the results will show. If the skin quality is excellent, it will complement your surgical intervention to the face. When you consider plastic surgery around the face, especially eyelids or a face surgery, in the discussion I have with my patients, it's important to define and separate two issues that contribute to your aging process. One of the commonest questions that get asked as a plastic surgeon is what supplements should I take from a longevity perspective or an anti-aging perspective? Now, I tell my patients that uh, before you consider supplements, let's look at all the other things that you can do to help your overall health and thereby enhance your metabolism. Now, these are all very old-fashioned, simple things that have somehow been ignored over the many years. But with emerging science and research, we are finding that these things are now front and center. The first and the most important thing is to look at the food that you eat. 
ultra-processed food, high sugar content, high-quality carbs, uh, gluten are all things that will somehow interact in a negative way than in a positive way. So trying to control that would be the first thing. The second important thing is to consider the role of fasting. I know intermittent fasting is a big thing now, but the simple act of fasting, in other words, sparing your body from processing food all the time, is actually seen shown to be useful, efficacious, and adding to your better metabolic health profile. During that time, there is a lot of focus on lymphatic movement, lymphatic massage to get the fluid down, to fast-track the healing, help resolve the swelling, which is an essential and integral part of getting a patient's response uh, to surgery uh, improvised. Now, this is a traditional form of lymphatic health focus that comes back and ties very well with the longevity disc discussion that we've mentioned in this podcast. So if you find a way of keeping your lymphatics moving on a daily basis, as a routine of your day-to-day -day life, uh, you can reap the benefits. The two commonest examples of good exercise that predominantly targets the lymphatic system, the two popular forms of exercise, namely yoga and Pilates. And these two, because of their combination of muscle activity, muscle stretch, and quote-unquote muscle squeezing due to the contraction, coupled with deep breathing, ensures that the lymphatic system gets, quote-unquote, a good workout and the benefits are there, there to see. And I've seen this with my patients who have had, who have been practitioners of yoga for many, many years, have managed to be in a very peak health performance throughout. Sleep is a very important part of good health. And everyone who has understood sleep science and sleep medicine will tell you that that is a very critical part. The magic number is eight hours of sleep. There are a lot of people who can, can happily sleep more than eight hours and enjoy that sleep, but it's important for everyone to have a good night's rest. The important physiological things that happen during sleep is it's only recently, within the last six to seven years, the brain was found to have lymphatic supply. Until then, it was assumed that the brain did not have any lymphatics. So what happens is the metabolites produced in the brain as a consequence of activities of being awake do tend to drain at night, do tend to replenish during sleep. And that's how when you wake up after a good night's sleep, you're refreshed because the chemical composition that's occurred as a result of the rest and the uh, quote-unquote recharging of lymphatics keeps you ready for the next day. And it's a well-known fact for all of us who have taken exams and all of us are given advice about how to prepare for exams. We usually say, have a good night's sleep the night before because your neural networks need to recharge on the day of the examination for you to recollect data points that you have studied a week ago, two weeks ago, a month ago. If your brain has got an environment that is quite unsettled due to a lack of sleep or sleep deprived, then it is unlikely to function very well. If you have a medical deficiency, it's important for you to supplement. So ultimately, what you're trying to achieve is to maintain a good metabolic profile, a good metabolic health, which in turn translates to better health overall and longevity as well. I often get asked a question, what um, podcast should I listen to in terms of uh, metabolic health and anti-aging? Where would be a good resource? 
I enjoy listening to Dr. Andrew Huberman's podcast. And I also enjoy listening to the Metabolic Link, also called the Metabolic Health Summit podcast, where they delve into practical, useful, user-friendly information, all based on strong scientific evidence. So these are two good podcasts that uh, you could, uh, if anyone of you are interested, you're welcome to listen to those podcasts. Uh, the other book that I loved reading recently was a book called The Glucose Revolution. That is a very easy reading book. Tells you what happens when you put a morsel of food into your mouth as soon as it hits the circulation. How does your glucose spike? And what are your practical tips that you can use and practical hacks to control the glucose spike? And this is a very useful book because it teaches you on a day-to-day basis how to control your spikes. So for example, if you and I ate a single banana, my spike may be different to your spike. And uh, if you look at a banana from a calorie point of view, it has identical calorie content. And hence, the health benefits to me and to you should be the same. So I've been a plastic surgeon for the last 17 years, and we have seen a lot of changes. And when I'm talking to my patients now, compared to what conversations I used to have with my patients when I first started practice, there is a general change in the overall perception and how receptive patients are to general health or supportive conversations. Now, we talk about optimizing your health with an intent of getting the best outcome from your surgery and patients happy to engage in that conversation. But then when we talk about how best you can maintain your results after the surgery, I find a big change in how patients are responding now compared to what patients did respond many, many years ago. Now, a lot of things have changed in the last 10 years. The link between what you eat, how much you eat, when you eat, and the quality of the food, the role of the processed food, the inflammation in the body, the importance of sleep, stress, sun protection, skin health, all these things have made headlines repeatedly around the globe. Thank you for joining me for this episode of Patient First. I hope you found this podcast useful. Remember, I'm always listening. And if you have any questions you would like me to answer on the show or upcoming episodes, please connect with me via my clinic website. Thank you.